Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the vibe, to the exploring thoughts with a curious observer. And you know what? Welcome aboard, my friend, Alonso, Alonso Elizondo, right? And brother, welcome. How's it going? Man, I'm happy to be here, bro. Happy to be here. Glad to see you out here putting in this great work. Well, you know, aren't we all just wondering? Aren't we all just yeah. wondering what's going on? Before we open up the 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 vortex of curiosity, uh, a little bit of a, a a little bit about Alonso. We go way back. You know, I remember the very first day he entered into a Texas State uh, as uh, within the jazz world. We were, I believe, it was jazz combo, jazz uh, room one nineteen. Yes, and, and with the, I believe it was with Morris Nelms, was it? It was with Nelms. Yes, dude. And brilliant man, great thinker. I've always respected his, his eye and how he views, and especially the way he talks about jazz and history, uh, the whole gambit, right? Along those lines, especially. And one thing I wanted to bring up was you are the very reason I started to dive into the altered skill. <laughs> And for those oh. who are non-musicians, <laughs> you're wondering what the heck is that? Of course, uh, it, it's a I would I would describe it as like a code of playing through jazz, uh, playing through uh, you know within the context of like, all right, we're just gonna just play sounds through these metal things, and one, two, one, two, three, and here we go. And I was listening to you play play this language so beautifully, and I remember. Bro, how do you, how, how do you how do you do that? How do, what, what is it that you see, man? Man, it's just the altered scale, and you're expressing like it's you're overthinking it. It's actually right here. This is how you do it. And I remember taking that to heart, and and that opened my eye. And like for me, it it, it was a a confidence breaker, especially you know when we're in college a lot. You know we're wondering what the heck we're doing in the first yes. place, right? And to feel a nugget of confidence. Oh, I can do that. And you showed me and wow, brother, thank you for sharing me insights. And there's, there's of course a lot of shout outs I can share about um, that kind of insight through music. And you're certainly one of them. So uh, what, what, uh, what else would you like to share that people uh, may find interest? I know you're working, you're, you're in uh, you're teaching right now currently, right? Yeah. So um, I am, I've switched gears and I'm going to be going into uh, public school teaching. Hopefully next fall. I was hoping to do it this fall, mm-hmm. but um, with COVID and all that stuff, I was just like, you know, I was like, I don't think I want to do that because I was also starting my master's in music education at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I didn't, um, I didn't want to be too overwhelmed with what I was doing. You know, I wanted to make sure if I wanted to, you know, do something, I can give it a hundred percent to it. So I didn't want to be working and giving what a that time eighty percent. You know. So um, I'm just doing that and uh, practicing. I yeah, just on that real quick, uh, isn't it curious how much, you know, certainly both of us could have never forecasted or predicted such a different kind of lifestyle of patterns and and just experience through each unfolding day. And, and yet we can still sow through it the, the kind of uh, uh, like the outcomes that you wish to pull out from, you know, study and yeah. investing time into, uh, you know, having that turn into an experience that you could uh, reap from uh, in terms of education. And now all of a sudden it's like we fell into this net, this virtual net 
as much as yes. imagine if there's no virtual net and all everyone was at home and no one could communicate. Oh my goodness, what an entirely different reality, the kind of anxiety, the kind of, uh, is it fair to say the natural fog, the natural blind that fog, that kind of fog would be, but the internet is like the thing that, it's like another kind of vision. Not when, I, don't, yeah. I'm butch, I'm, I don't want to say night vision, but like a kind of kind of vision I could see through the fog. That's what, yeah. uh, uh, what comes to mind when when you see that, especially what what was go- what was the expected to be, and here we are instead. Right. So, like, I think if we did not have the internet right now, uh, fear mongering would be like a totally different level. Uh, I think there would be chaos all over the place, super chaotic. Uh, we're already divided as a country right now, even with the internet. And- thing I like about the internet is we have access to all of this information. If you've ever wondered what might be the truth about something, you can actually go look for yourself. You know, you don't have to ask somebody. You don't have to rely on somebody. You know, oh, like, this is a noble man, so surely what they say is true and it could be totally totally opposite. And what's the underlying uh, constant uh, across all views, would you say, that uh, that thing that 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 kind of uh, equivalent to a night vision, or let's just call it fog vision, I, just for a lack of a of a better phrase. If there's a better phrase, sorry, but I'm just gonna say <laughs> that for now. Uh, that putting on of what what's the underlying thing that is a? I guess what I'm trying to say is, and by the way, I'm always trying to like craft a thought in in, in mid air. So I welcome you to carry it if you if you see where it was going. I think where I was going with that is the 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 constant across all the seeking and receiving uh, all information is the bottleneck that we still call phone. And yes, I even put a camera there. I mean, yes. uh, the, I even tag it up because uh, my brother's worked in technology since two thousand and and uh, something that he shared insight through that you know is is through the question, is it possible that, you know, that anything that has a camera, uh, is, is, does it bear a capacity for a sort of monitoring? And since then it, it was always yes. And it, he was always w- looked at as a weirdo and, you know, uh, he, he works for the school, a school district. He owns a, a business in, in specifically security, uh, and, uh, programs and programming. I, I don't know the exact terminology, uh, for all, uh, he doesn't have a brand. It's just his work in, exactly. in Laredo. And it's, it's quite amazing to, to see the kind of insights that he's seen since then uh, turn into, uh, I guess, a, a living for him. And he eats, breathes technology. And uh, so I guess, I guess I'll just leave it like that. What comes to mind? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think um, technology has been, you know, for our generation in particular, we, I feel like we're the last generation to experience life without the world. Yes, dude. Uh, we, we got to grow up drinking out of water, looking for your friends, on, looking to see where bikes are at. You know, you have to... Remember when Playing the basketball, sir. Yes. Like, we, uh, from when the internet first came out, I remember you couldn't even be on the phone. Like, if you needed the internet, you couldn't talk on the phone. Your phone line was tied up. So to see now, like, the instant gratification 
that everyone's getting from a very young age. Because when we were young, we had to explore, get hurt, get us. We had to you know, deal. Get, we with had to deal with the lack. consequences. <laughs> yes, we have to deal with such a first world right problem. Right, first world problem. And now the kids, they want, I've noticed this through, you know, teaching, I've been teaching private lessons the past 10 years. Um, so I've noticed as the time is going By on, the way, anyone here, if y'all should find a, some music of this guy playing. I, I've been playing with him even outside of school. And uh, I appreciate you uh, involving me in, in your gigs and up up in Austin uh, sure. with uh, with all these, those bands, man. It, and even introducing me to, I believe, Rest in Peace, uh, Dozen Street. Uh, is that oh, right? Yes. Uh, I found a a card by Jackie. What's her name? With the curly hair, great guitar player. Jackie Vincent. Vincent, yes. Uh, yes. When she was first showing up there, and it's beautiful to watch how much she's exploded yes. in terms of uh, exp- uh, a potential of uh, that was just waiting to be recognized by by the public eye, right? And she's incredible amazing. talent, very very creative. And I, I found one of her cards when I was looking through my boxes, cleaning through my boxes, and and I saw I was like, hey, that's that's cool. And I even sent it to her, and she uh, she. Uh, messaged back and said rest in peace uh dozen street and i was like no that was a, a hub yeah. of creativity a Lots hub creativity. that it was like a it was like a gem of austin and yeah. so i say it's all tragic. of that trumpet player great musician anyone uh familiar with alonzo <laughs> knows that <laughs> yes dude we got a gem soon but i interrupted you were saying Oh, you're good, man. You're good. It's uh, your you're, show, man. It's your no, work. no. We're, we're just hanging, bro. But <laughs> it's also yours because it's your. It's we're sharing space. We're just sharing space, so it's a mutual show. So you're you're uh you're talking about uh, trumpet, uh, teaching Instant online. There you go. Yeah. There you so go. Uh, the the students, as time went on, the, the earlier they were exposed to technology in their life, I noticed the harder it was. And so I was like, okay, because they're they're lacking the people. They didn't have to get up and go outside, talk with their friends, possibly have the friends as we used to back in the day call it high siding. Uh, but now it would What's be that? called high siding or you know roasting somebody, uh, making fun of someone, jokes. Okay, like okay. So now like, it would be considered bullying. But back then, like you know, that was the, that on, was memeing. Right. So back then, you know, you have on the wrong kind of shirt, people are going to go in on you. So you have to build like this toughness um, up at a young age. And I wouldn't necessarily say toughness. I'll say more of a just um, understanding uh, an understanding, you know, more understanding of the reality of how people act as you had a variety, more of a wider variety of personalities. You you had your bully, you had your quiet person, you had your smart person, you know, you had a large variety, which nowadays everyone is just like at home, playing uh like xbox live you know we were young we were like middle school when xbox live first came out. i remember us having to play you know go to your friend's house hey you bring your controller you bring your controller you bring you know we got our controllers versus now you, you know you can play with everyone all over the world so it's more of an instant gratification and you don't have to hang out like hanging out these days means oh well let's all get like eight of us to go on xbox live we just just what we're gonna go all weekend. Versus True. hanging out in our days was like, hey, we finna go out here. We maybe go ride the bikes around the neighborhood. 
let's go down here by this water, let's throw some rocks, try to skip the rocks. And just with that, you might spend 30, 45 minutes just trying to skip some rocks. It might take you 10, 20 minutes to get down to where the water's at. So just right there. So led by curiosity versus led by stimulus along those lines. Right. But even though curiosity is a stimulus, so I don't, I don't know how to cra- like get more clear towards that direction. It's, but it's just it's the instant gratification because it's, it's it's processing feelings. Like we actually have to sit down and think about stuff. Now it's just like instant. And there in pop culture is showing these people what to do. We didn't have you know, pop culture stuff showing us what to do. We were pre-reality TV. And now we're experiencing reality TV. Yes. And so, and like I tell you, in my opinion, I think that politicians, like presidents and all that stuff, is a representation of the country at the time. So, yeah, this stuff in the White House and freaking TV show, it's because we're used to living in like a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Like the new, everything is crazy. Like the news, people are crazy on like CNN. Fox, you know, um, is there revenue in that kind of thing? Exactly, there's revenue in the drama. That's how you keep people's attention. People aren't going to stop to think, Oh, well, how can I create this business? No, they're like, Oh, I need to watch Power. You see the final, the finale of Power, you know, so something would, like that. Would you say that's along the lines of the, the hilarious uh comedy movie uh, with Will Ferrell? You know what I'm talking about when there's when they 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 capture a transition in, well, I'll just say it, Anchorman. Anchorman, okay. Like, what what do you see through that, especially in the eyes of today? Uh, through Anchorman. Yeah. Um. Honestly, Ricky Ray, I haven't seen Anchorman in like since it first came out. So I don't so, even remember what it's even about. So check this out. Let's uh, I, I'm I, I'm let's I dive say, in there. Let's dive in there. So I. I'm along the same lines as you in terms of it's such a vague dense uh, distance, but it's, it's still close enough to there's like a, you know, that feeling when you play your instrument and sometimes like the light bulb, like uh, shakes at a particular note for some reason, Yes, it's uh the frequency uh, it, it equates it. So it, it's a, it, I don't know what to call it resonates with it. So I felt that same kind of parallel with, with watching today's reality TV and that movie <laughs> and i think what i'm what i see and I, i'm i'm curious if this resonates with you in terms of recall is how much and anyone watching anyone uh watching this right here you're welcome to correct me if i'm totally off or if i'm missing details or you know anything that comes along the lines that perhaps that you see too write it down in in the comments below you are welcome i want to read them and i'm i'd be happy to pull them up and just just see what what it is what are where what are, what are other people thinking you know what is it that other people are seeing so along the lines of you know journalism was this very noble tell tell the truth no matter what always uh, being honest and i'm i'm being a little bit on the general side generalization side just because i'm trying to uh, my memory isn't serving me in terms of perhaps I wasn't paying that much attention when I was younger watching that movie, but that's what I took from it. And that there is a transition of uh, that things that not telling the truth and telling lies, essentially I'm, I'm being very uh, black and white in terms of explanation, but the idea of it, that it was that, that, that there was a switch and, 
and things got real crazy and hilarious. Uh, hence the ridiculousness of that movie. Uh, but capturing that, that there is a bit of a switch that occurred in terms of journalism. Is that, does that ring a bell? Does that resonate? Or what, what comes to mind? Yeah. It seems like, you know, people are more brainwashed by the radio than like it was like back when we were coming up, like people really rely on the news and the news is like, you can tell they're lying. You could be living something that they're talking about. And you're living like the total opposite. And you can still look at the news and they'll tell you, no, this is what's happening. And people, even though they're living a certain way, they're like, oh, that is what's happening. You know, they're clearly not dealing with that. But when we were coming up, people had questions. You know, it's like nowadays people don't ask questions. Like, oh, you're automatically expected to believe the show, believe the news. It's like, oh, this movie, oh, this is this is reality now. This yeah, is you, it's and real. it's interesting. Uh, like, you know, I be, I'm being asked through the f- social media discourse. Man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that great? Well, uh, well, I'll just say that. What, what comes to mind right now? I'm just, I just want to hear it. Man, people be going in on you, man. I'm like, you guys need to just like read the information. If you know what gets me about people. Because they know you're intelligent. This goes for you. People just in general and know. If you know a person is a certain way, and now they start sharing this information, why on earth would you start being like, oh, like, what's wrong with you, man? You're really falling off the deep end. Like, I'm reading some of these people's comments. It takes everything inside of me to not just, like, go ham. I'm just like, dude, like, this is insane. This is, like, we live in a time now, Ricky, that, like, it's all everything. All the lies are just like plain in plain sight. It's like well, you know, I well, I'm curious what comes to mind of those uh, that really are doing deep. Because I'll I'll be honest, uh, I can speak for my, the those friends as well. Like I I, res- I have respect for them for going yeah. into the deepest of dives in terms of research and information consumption uh, of credible peer reviewed all that kind of stuff and. And yet, there there is that kind of like what you said, that kind of reaction. The even you know those who are of you know within you know with all due respect, right? Who are professors and with uh, of such kind of line of questioning or line of observation wonders, perhaps. Uh, you know, uh, they be the main ones. I you know I do feel a sense of uh, like as how do I say. I'm not sure if I'm saying the right word. You're welcome to correct me. This is just what comes out. I feel that there is an arbitration of such views that anything that goes questions it, perhaps, or even raise uh, just uncertainty of it, as clear as it may be, that the, the kind of response is what I would like to see is a welcoming well, why do you think that way? Can you help me understand why you don't understand it or why you feel, heck, even suspicious of it? Uh, you know, who who is anyone to be suspicious of anything, right? You know, like, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a politician. I'm not a journalist. I'm not, you know, any, any political science major or anything like that. Uh, honestly, I feel that curious observer just, it just resonates so strongly with me because, 
in, in terms of describing my eye, I recognize I'm not any of that. And it seems as though that there is a lot of knowing of what is going on from both sides of the aisle. And I have respect for these people and I have no desire to, you know, why would I, who am I <laughs> to try to chop anyone down? You know, oh, you know, and then what I see, I appreciate people reaching out in, in the DMs and, and say, you know, okay, Ricky Ray, <laughs> tell me what you think, you know, because I don't understand why anyone could support someone that represents fa fascism, racism, uh, xenophobia, and all, the, all these, there's a list, you know, of course, with all due respect, perhaps it could all be recognized as true. And what I, what I, my wonders, my IAC is that there's a clash in lenses. There's a clash in lens over here, clash in lens over here. How could you support anybody that is, you know, the list? And the other side is how could, and, and just to, and that's their justification, by the way, to not support Mr. Orange. And then the other side of the spectrum is, you know, I, I don't understand how anyone could support such, you know, suggestive uh, uh, the reasons why they would their justifications to not support the person that's projected to be the president. Right. So it's like, so there, there, it's almost as though the fight is in like difference in different planets and yeah. they're fighting very hard and like, they don't represent racism or fascism. And these people don't represent the supporting of, the possible corruption of a, you know, people are suggesting family, an entire dynasty, uh, the year's worth of possible collusion of, you know, the things that have been brought up in the culture war today. Uh, so they're so far removed that conversation can't happen. And which is why yes. probably in my opinion, it seems so ugly And perhaps it should be ugly through, you know, through their eyes. If the things that they were seeing each other through was the, the exact case. And if it's not the case, then what else is it doing? And I don't know, you could, you're welcome to share a thought here. I'm ranting here, but yeah. uh, it's certainly, it's certainly feeding into a very concerning divide. Yeah. And see, you know, it Listening to you say this, talking about lenses, you know, I didn't, I didn't even want to go this route, but like, be honest this, as long as you're honest. Yeah. So being in the lenses of a black man in America, of a what? Pardon? Of, of a black man in America. Oh, wait, you're black. That's right. What's up? <laughs> um, like when you were talking about people worried about families getting. Stuff like that, and just It's because like, I, I feel the I feel a good coming out of that. Can you get the microphone closer to you, just so I could? Uh, uh, yeah, my computer yeah. microphone. It's not good. It's not good. I just feel the goodness, and I want people <laughs> to hear it. And I want to. I want to feel. I want to make sure that people feel like they can hear you, your heart. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so going back to you know lenses, and you know how people don't want you to go against like that um i feel like i've had awakening as a black man anyway because you know growing up i was diehard democrat like oh these are the good people this is great on this following that but like when obama became president 
it's like I got I was disappointed because I thought it was going to be different than things in the past. I'm like, oh, it's someone that looks like me, and you know, we've been fighting and struggling for all these equality and rights and all of this stuff, and you know, finally we made it. And then I started like before you go there, if I may, I I, f- I feel juice there. What what are your thoughts? And perhaps you could say it after this thought. Uh, what would you say to those who did see, you know, oh, it did change. Things did get better. And I'm very curious what you see through that. I don't know through either yeah. lens. So I especially, so what, yeah, go for what it. I, uh, what I can tell those people is that I can only speak for what I I, I if you that way, then hey. Did you say you can only speak for yourself? Yeah. Okay. I can only uh, speak for myself because I only, like, I'm the only person that sees so I can't um, speak for them. I don't know what they were seeing or what they were feeling or anything. But like I noticed that the last four years of his presidency, I was scared. I'm scared. So it, it broke down there. Uh, it you you're, did you say that you you were scared? Uh, scared. Yes. Okay. Yes, I was very scared um, because as a black, we had been, we had been pumped with right. So we had been we had been pumped up with this narrative that like the police are out to kill us, it's white people hate us, we're like not accepted in society, everything that we want to do is hard. But I'm like, as I'm navigating through my life, I'm like, and I'm observing other, you know, black people around me, and I'm like, this this is not what's happening. I don't I don't see this. I have a question there. Yeah. Uh, I've I've had this exact conversation with an individual that, and I, I personally found it surprising. Once again, I can only speak for myself and I've heard the lens uh, through, through other lenses like yourself that say uh, similar observations. Uh, and, and this good friend of mine uh, su- suggested when he was watching, you know, the whole, the unfolding of George Floyd, Floyd uh, protests and all that whole wave and all those videos that came up of other people, other uh, truly, uh, there's a great Instagram. I don't remember the name of it. Perhaps I'll place it somewhere here. Um, it's essentially a collection of police brutality. And I think it's specifically to black people or just overall police brutality. And to me, I never, I don't understand why people could feel, could feel uh, so passionate of its, of this claim of this truth. And, 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 you know, my friend was saying to the point that he was actually feeling a willingness to understand, like to justify, they go to justify uh, looting to uh, be as a form of expression, uh, even though it's the causing the physical affliction uh, that, that, that invites further damage not just in the mind, but especially in the physical and even flesh. So uh, that, you know, that there, there has been such fears, there have been such experiences, uh, there have, you know, telling me a per- personal anecdotes of, you know, being falsely accused, tackled, that kind of thing. And, you know, you know, having this weird vibe in the car, you know, after being pulled over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now I can't speak for him. I, I, I could only speak for, uh, the shared, uh, what was shared about, you know, the feeling of what you're saying that, well, actually I have felt that. 
Uh, and perhaps it's the great selective, uh, if we're to, if we're to, if I may introduce a thought, uh, if media is playing selective magnifications uh, of certain situations, uh, something like that, say a George Floyd, can certainly recall such pains that have been experienced uh, across a, a community of peoples, across colors, across experiences, and uh, across generations, you know, and a recall, like a peeling of an old wound of sorts, either old or even recent. And then something like that pops up. And as, as much as there's people that like yourself that haven't had those experiences, uh, there's it seems now that there have been people that have had those experiences. So it's like a, I don't want to say, I'm just going to say, in my opinion, through my eyes, and perhaps if there's a better word, I will help. I, I, I invite you to spit that. And that is uh, a, a convenient recruitment of, of expression of a problem that others per, like yourself can't speak for. I can't speak for, um, you know, I don't, I don't, in my honest opinion, I don't know that many people that have experienced that kind of, those kinds of things. Uh, although I can, I can say that I do know people that have experienced such things and, and it's just very curious to watch it play out. What comes to mind? Yeah. And now uh, the thing is that, you know, I've had bad experiences with people, you know, bad experiences Caucasian males and stuff like that, but you know, there's jerks in every race has jerks. Oh, for sure. People. So, but and I was just like, okay, but to the degree that the media was like pushing this, it was all like, you know, like for instance, like how you're getting lit up right now. When I denounced Black Lives Matter, I got lit up. Oh my god, it was crazy. I got phone calls, I got text messages. Uh, messages on Facebook, your family members freaking out, parents freaking how out. How dare you denounce, brother? Yeah, how dare I denounce, you know? And, I, and you know, so like it, therefore, it raises the question uh, what when when someone like yourself, Alonso, uh, say, states a statement such as the den- denouncing of BLM, right? Uh, what exactly does that mean? Because one can perceive that as, oh, you're a racist then. You're on that side. You're the one that, how could anyone be, how can anyone justify the not supporting of something that must be supported? How, you know, how can anyone deny even just the utterance of, I don't support? It raises the question, is it that or is it something else? And I'm curious, uh, go for it. Yeah, you would you would think you know people know me know who I am. They would be like, "Oh, what's going on? What happened?" But it was the total opposite effect. I got called uh, race traitor, coon, uh, sellout, uh, you name it. And you know, and I was like, "Oh, great! This is exactly why I denounced this because, like, if Black Lives truly mattered, we wouldn't see all of this death." And see songs on the radio talking about killing each other. Like, I don't really see any other races making songs about harming each other as much as my race does. 
And, you know, there is the white supremacy machines, stupid cash money, crazy amounts of cash. And if you go back to like the 90s, there is a clear switch. Back when? Back in the uh, the early 90s. Okay. Early nineties. There is. Is is this the whole crime bill? This is like right when that was coming out. There was a whole switch. Rap music is switched over to what they call gangster. So that's when they talked promoting shooting, killing. Is that why people who really love rap? They there's always this acknowledgement of like I love rap, but like the the old school rap, like the very beginning wave. Is that why that that is said? Because that rap educated. It educates. It, um, what is this word? Um, I can't think of the word. Anyway, it like educated us, brought us. It offered insights that, uh, perspectives that perhaps could not be found in the, say, neighborhoods or barrio, that it it would, it it, it was like an, it was equivalent to, uh, I guess, you know, how people are gaining information today. Even outside of the institutions that perhaps may still offer insight as much as people want to criticize, well, you know, you know, why is anyone listening to those sources? They're, those are a bunch of conspiracies and, and blah, 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 and all those things. And you know what? It's just some dude. And yes, you're right. It's all true. And I'm very curious by the question of, you know, uh, is it limited to that? Is, is it, is it, is oh, that man. kind of uh, well? We shouldn't listen See. to that kind of thing. Limit it to, for example, the lens of YouTube or uh, some dude, and uh, like you were saying with the early rap. I'm not sure if I'm drawing a clear enough parallel. So yeah, so like early rap talked about like liberating us. It was a continuation of civil rights. It was, a, it was a continuation into talking about what's really going on in our neighborhood. How can we really make ourselves better based on the situation that we face? But then, like right before that crime bill came, here comes this big switch. Now, like the violence is like out of hold, a whole different level. Whole different level. Because this is right after the crack epidemic. This is right after that. There was seriously a crack ac- academic. Uh, crack. Pa- pa- uh, ap- What's that word? Epidemic. Uh, epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ap- oh, pat, what Ricky was Ray. oh my gosh, dude, where can I? Where should I even begin? So let me give you just a quick okay, go for it. Man. Um, so once the civil rights, uh, uh, once everyone got the right to vote and everyone's created equal in the 60s, everything was cool. OBJ signed everything, everything was good. However, he, when he did that, he already stated that they were going to have to meet their vote. I that you broke out there. They're going to have to what they were going to have the, the Negro vote for years to come because they did on Democratic Party. Now, I have a question on that just uh, yeah. out of just here, honestly. Uh, I've always heard the, the whole LBJ, you know, said that that statement. And I, I try to, you know, hear like, okay, I want to hear where that's coming from exactly. Uh, and as much as I can deep dive into that specific search, I, I don't know. It kind of it kind of uh I I can't find uh where that is, and that's just me. Can you help me? Perhaps Bro, I will happily send all this stuff. Okay, and what would, would you say it. it's along the lines of where it's coming from? Uh, I found this in an um interview, like in a written out, like I found this like an interview transcript of somebody that it did okay years ago. Because the person that first showed me this was like. 
God, this was probably, I was still in junior college, like 2010, mm -hmm. my first saw this. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it got even taken down on this but I'm going to try to find him. Yeah. I'm going to that, reach that. out to him and look for it. Okay. Uh, because, like, it's like, dude, like, so from there, we went into welfare 1970. Okay, we'll give you help, we'll give you housing, give you food. There's one rule. One big important rule. Can't have a man. Would you say it's it was stated in that manner, or would you say that no it was bail. framed as a, you know, should you be in an economic uh, uh, need, uh, such as the 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 absence of a father is that along the along along the lines of what you're talking about that you you would qualify for such benefits i'm not so, sure yeah, let's say Go um ahead. if you let's say if you went to vietnam you come out of vietnam can't find a job you're like ptsd hasn't been diagnosed yet you're going crazy no mm. one will hire you you got kids to feed you got mouths mouths to take so the government says okay you can't help yourself well We'll help your family and we'll give them housing, these housing vouchers, we do food stamps, food stamps, right stuff here. like that, things like that. And, uh, but you just can't be around and be no males are allowed. If you got caught with a male in there, you get kicked off and you get in trouble. My parents were telling me, like, when it first happened, this is another story. My parents lived through this, they lived through integration. So they were like in it. They went through. They went through integration. Like they lived whites only families. I think that's. A, by the way, real quick on that. I think uh, if I if I may encourage anyone listening and have uh, extended family who lived through such times and are especially on the spectrum within the political uh, culture war uh, are like hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. I'm just. Uh, I'm just trying to live my life, that kind of thing. And, you know, perhaps uh, in their 50s, 60s, 70s, even. And, you know, I uh, get curious to see if you can see what they saw through conversation with them. And it's very curious yeah. to see to, uh, to, to, to see how that affects our own eye and how it's, it's described uh, through their personal uh, anecdote, of course. But in terms of a, as a sort of, a, as a as a sort of lens, not an, as an absolute, of course, because that's now we have to go into the, uh, the the credibility, the sourcing, the you know where's the data and all that kind of thing. But in terms of uh, as a as a lens of perspective, so go, going back to your your parents, you were saying, yeah, you know, um, yeah, so they lived the goods and the bads of it, and. Um, I've heard several, I have even, you know, friends around my parents' age, they all told me that life was a lot better pre-integration. I was like, oh, I need to, this is when I sat down, I was like, I need to listen, what's going on? And they were talking about which is basically how I'm feeling today. You're, you're feeling, that, the, the uh, way you're feeling, uh, like, yeah, the way like, you're feeling like today? Okay. Yeah, they were already living like that. They were living in, like, black men work in the neighborhood, factory in the neighborhood. You know, you could go work at the factory hire and have a uh, pension home, take your family, you got plenty of land, you got farm animals, everything's good. Right? So then integration comes in. A lot of, of the that. small towns are like that, yeah. 
Uh, I grew up, grown up in a small town and um, 5,000 people. <laughs> and um, so once the integration happened, like those kind of dogs just kind of just slowly trickled away, vanished. For instance, look at Detroit. It was once like Motor City, tons of factory jobs back in the day. I keep hearing that that's a, that's a, I always hear that Detroit reference that correct me if I'm wrong, that it's, they used to be this hub of Renaissance of, of commerce of, of, of a sort of uh, gold mine of the, of, for the country. And since there's been outsourcing of those jobs uh, in overseas, I believe specific or mostly to China, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even weird to even say that. And shall we recall this very moment? How much in our uh, youth into today, you know, always wondering why is everything made out in China? Yeah. Oh, it's just oh, something you say. Way. That's just something you say. There's nothing to under. There's re- really no understanding. And there's a almost a sort of like brand. Like oh, it's, if it's made in China, that's cool. It, like everything, I'm familiar with that. That's my cereal that I eat. I don't know that kind of feeling. Or that's the kind of music I listen to. Uh, and it's you know interesting to hear uh, stories like the Detroit that the the effect that it's uh, had and I could only imagine in the whole country, but clearly in the city. Is that along the lines? Yeah, and you know the economic impact it's had on primarily black people and white people, and primarily those two groups are affected a lot because they were more of the laborers factories, you know, building things, focus. you know, everyone else consists of college, you know, college is such, just like it was when we were in school, go to college, everything's great. But, um, yeah, so they went through all of that, and they said everything was just completely different, it felt safer, it was more family-oriented, everybody was closer, you know, you had your matriarchs in the family, you know, you, the big gatherings, the holidays were huge, Lots of people just love family. Everything was good. But like I say, going into war and, you know, black guys are basically tricked. Oh, trade away? I say um, a lot of um, a lot of people of color were essentially tricked into going to Vietnam. Like, how are you going to fight for a country that hasn't even, you know, given you the right? So it's like, so they go there, they get PTSD, PTSD shell shock as they call it back then. Can't get a job, can't work anywhere. We've integrated, your jobs are now gone. So, we like I say, we'll help your family in 1970 warfare. And then, keep on going, here comes the crack epidemic in the 80s. So all of these unemployed men are now either going to do two things. They're either going to become users, or they're going to become sellers. Users or what? Or Sell or uh, sellers, supplier, okay. sellers. Supply, yeah. one or two, because they need. They either gonna get try to get the money as best as they can, or they're just gonna be done with life and they like can't take more of the situation. Let's just do the cracking. Easy so money, you go from that easy money, right? So if you listen to like um, rap like uh, Funkmaster Flex or even like Big Daddy Kane, people like that, they're talking about what's going on with this crack. Like they're talking about it in the music. And so you could take that, so all these people don't crack. And now all of a sudden, this substance, which is they're not that much different from cocaine, which has a basically made as a base of cocaine, 
Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that is like you get 40 years of selling crack. How in the world can you get 40 years? I have relatives that have gotten 40 years of selling crack. 40 years. 40 years. So that's thanks to the 1994 crime deal. What also happens around that time, got all the crap going. Now the rap music turns into selling dope, shooting people, robbing people, okay. disrespecting women. See, so it, and, uh, people aren't stopping and going back to look at, oh, well, how is this connected to this? You know, how, how are we doing this? How is this working out? Oh, well, yeah, so I see that there's a, there's a drug problem. You know, why? Where is this coming from? So essentially, that's where your ghettos were. Now, like shows like The Wire, that's no that, but The Wire is a result of all of that stuff. The Wire, so, what show is that? Uh, the Wire, that is about, uh, it's about uh, Baltimore. It's about uh, selling drugs, people using drugs, killing, all that kind of stuff, murder, robbery. I've seen the the, the title of it. Uh, I gotta be honest, I haven't di- dove into oh, that. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows. But, Seems like I'm so, missing out. It's a great show, but you know that's the the timeline. So, like when I speak about these kind of issues, like I'm speaking with that in mind. Like I'm like, hey guys, this is not just like in order for in order to believe in white supremacy, you have to believe you're inferior. In order for me to believe that my life doesn't matter just as much as a labor, I have to believe that I'm less than. So that's why I, I disassociate it with Black Lives Matter. Because that's messing up the psyche of black people and women and kids. You're training these kids to be scared to death of the police. So in turn, that kid or person, anybody, is because everybody's scared. You know, take race out. You know, it's black, white, brown, whatever. You want to go home. So if someone pulls me over and I'm scared of the police, and I start making sudden movements, the police is scared because they're trying to get home. Then what's going to happen? And you know what, perhaps even, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a stretch, you're welcome to check me on this. Uh, you know, uh, like I feel more comfortable just on, you know, be, well, I'll say it like this, I'm from Laredo and the population of Laredo is, you know, I think it fluctuates between 80 to 90% of, you know, Mexican descent, of Latino descent, of Tejano, uh, Hispanic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, you know, for me, I remember the first time I, I would go to San Antonio, uh, I don't know, like uh, say we're in the mall and there happened to be people who were very light of color and, di- and ve- all kinds of shades of color. And I remember specifically with white people, just just a pe- people who people, the people that people call white people. And I, I recognize like, oh, those are those people. Right. I remember feeling this huge sense of intimidation, a huge sense of of like yes. you know where who you know where am i you know i was just a kid right i was maybe eight years old perhaps maybe younger i just remember walking through and feeling where am i it just it just i got this paranoia because from laredo growing up there it's everywhere you everywhere you go on the any direction you see it's you know latino hispanic um tejano chicano uh, and and I recognized that, you know, when I left Laredo, that was just, it was all in my head. <laughs> you know, that feeling was, you know, everyone's, everyone 
is an individual trying to figure things out. No matter the right. generation, no matter the age, no matter no matter the perceived color that is clearly visible, uh, you know, everyone is an individual trying to figure things out. You know, at the at the root of experience, right? And of course, uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll I'll raise this question to your to uh, to your mind, and I'm curious what comes to mind. Uh, what what do you say to to those who feel perhaps? Well, you know, there have there has been a a a large momentum of those who happen to be in the lighter side of the spectrum with intergenerational I, I call it momentum of wealth, you know, that perhaps have been handed through and you know, those who never experienced life with as a family across generation without that kind of wealth uh it, I'll, I'll leave it there kind of in the air. I'm curious if you can help me resolve that five of five. So yeah, what exactly are you wanting me to answer? Uh, I guess what comes to mind. I think that's what it is. What comes to mind about. Oh, um, so I, I, I got into a, uh, a I, I twisted myself there. Yeah, I was my like, per- oh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's explore here, by the way, y'all, this is the point of, you know, exploring thoughts with a curious observer, I, you know, I, I'm told by people like, oh, why are you doing all these mental gymnastics? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just talking. And uh, sometimes I land it some t- like a lick, right? Sometimes you land it and sometimes it's like, okay, where are you going with that? It's kind of like free jazz. I'm like, ah, <laughs> damn it. Um, well, let's just say I'll leave it totally up in the air. What, what is it that comes to mind along those random knots of uh, thoughts? Uh <laughs> I was trying to figure out uh, how to answer that. So you're wanting to know what I think comes across. I guess it was meant the mindset. There you go. The mindset, the mindset of the people that are feeling like they're going to be attacked and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Let's try that. All right. So um, like I say, once again, you know, let's go back. <laughs> It's the programming. And to really go even farther than all of this stuff is um, I think that race is used as a smokescreen. Uh, is a smokescreen, like, is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in this day and age. There, I think there are a small group of people that have a lot of money. And, you know, like I was, I used this example when I was talking to my dad. Um, a few weeks ago, actually. And I was saying, you know, black people, Mexican people, we go to like the bank or something and you're like, oh, I want to take out a, you know, a $50,000 loan or something. Or like, let's say you got, you apply for a line of credit and, you know, they offer, you got around the same credit score. Maybe a credit score is like two or three points apart. Well, they're going to offer you, me or you, a little bit less than what they're going to offer. Or one of our Caucasian because they think our Caucasian fellow is going to be able to pay this back quicker and a lot easier than what we would. So in turn, what is happening is that white people think in their head, oh, they're giving me you know, I'm inferior. I mean, I'm superior. I'm the one. But in actuality, at the end of the day, yes, you get more. You have to pay that back. So you have to pay more back than what I would have had to pay back. So that's why I say the only thing that separates us is tax 
That's is, it. is what? Tax brackets. Hmm. Income tax brackets. No matter what color you are, at the end of the day, you got to pay those taxes. The only race is green. That money. That's it. That's it. But in order to get that green flowing, you got to have some people believe they're superior and some people believe they're inferior. Superior people, they're going to, their belief, oh, they're going to, I got money. I may not spend as frequently. When I spend, it's going to be big. So not not contingent on the color of a skin, but the color of their mindset. Right. Right. Mm. Right. Exactly. So that's why I say, you know, people try to think, oh, just because I'm black, this or this, this. At the end of the day, the only race is green. Money. In America, that's it. Even like it's all it's clear all around. It's all about money. And- you know what? That kind of that, that might help me uh, uh, bring something in full circle with the 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 spiral that I went into uh, about asking, uh, speaking to those the family that lived through that time, and at you know, uh, I was asking my tío, my uncle, questions uh, along those lines, and you know, and he would mention. I asked him like, you know, I think I asked him plainly, tío, did you ever experience racism? And he's like, oh yeah, but. You know, we'll we'll throw shit back at them, you know, and then they would they would feel like, oh, okay, this guy can, you know, this guy can hang per se. And, and there that was like going to be another thing I was going to say with the BLM going on is rendering black people helpless. Like, sorry, say it again. I say it's rendered with the BLM, the Black Lives Matter thing. It's rendering black people helpless. If there rendering. was like a legit race war to break out, we are screwed. Because when I went to Academy to purchase a firearm, dude, that was a big awakening for me. The amount of Caucasian males in there, was, I was just like, holy, I don't know if you can cuss on here, so I'm going to say, holy crap. So I just couldn't believe what I was saying. And, and the way that they were looking at me when I was buying it, when I was there to purchase the firearm, let me know that they're thinking we're supposed to be out there protesting, marching. <laughs> Want to be equal, and they just in here getting ready, getting prepared. I'm like, holy moly, they're like, we're showing up to a gunfight with a cell phone. Woo. You know, they're well, training us to show up to a gunfight with a cell phone. Oh. Like you're saying, if you know, if 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 they want to be able to put this on us, we need to be able to throw it back. Well, as time is going on, you don't really see that happening too much. You don't really see people, you know, as far as black people in particular, really standing up for themselves and saying, you know, man, F this. I wish a racist would pull up on me if you want to. You don't really see that. And then it's like, oh, my life matters. Say my, say their names. Please stop killing it. No. No. You know, it, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so, like, it's only going to work through political change policies. That's it. That's literally only only change is going to happen is through policy. I'm curious what comes to mind there in terms of policy. Uh, uh, what would you say the spectrum or percentage, how would you, in, in just your estimation, through just shooting from the hip perhaps, or, you know, if they're sourcing that you, you'd like, that you can, you, you want to feel like, actually, I can pull from here. Uh, I'll, I'll just ask the question. Uh, where would you say the balance of the conversation that is, that is playing a factor in, okay, who's going to be 
who's going to represent us locally? Who's going to represent us, uh, you know, within the, the state? Who's going to represent us as a, you know, for example, uh, the, as, a, as a president in the White House? Uh, what comes to mind for you, and, and that's the, the, the balance is, is it on the policy talk or is it on the political talk? I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but something like deal, that. Man, what I realized that our politics are are not going to change anytime soon because this system is really smart about it, crafty about it, making smooth moves over the years. Because if our stuff might, like if our voice mattered when it comes to the actual country, we wouldn't have an electoral college. When I found out there was a popular vote in an electoral college, I was like, wait, I was like, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> you mean to tell me people are like, so you mean to tell me people are out here like literally fighting, cussing each other out, ending friendships over these presidential candidates and our vote does not matter. That's like we've all taught kids. You know, it's like a suggestion. Kids. It's a suggestion. You know, I'm like, hey, say, hey, students, uh, I think you should really probably work on that C counter B flat scale. And then I'm going to come to class and be like, okay, we're going to play F scale anyways. It's the same thing. Like, All I already right. knew, even though I had not work on a B flat, I already knew in my head I was going to come to class and work on an F scale. I already knew, even when I gave him the choice, say, oh, we're going to do B flat. Oh, yeah, we're going to do F anyways. So that's how I look at the government. It's like like a parent. Like, it's Friday night. You're like, hey, kids, uh, what do you want to eat? Oh, everything. Three votes for pizza? Okay, pizza, 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 pizza. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we're going to have hamburgers and steak. I don't feel like eating. That's well, how our government does this. Let, let me, uh, let me, uh, I'm, I'm very curious from, this, this yeah. is the, this is the current state of civil discourse, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what, I'm going to ask you this question. How did your information following, right, journey begin? At home, in school, with because of friends, family. My information journey began because things and what I was being told and what I was seeing were not lying. And it started with church. That's where my searching, just being like, hey, I don't think this is not lining up with what I'm seeing. That was like the very first thing in my life that, hey, maybe you should go do some research about Then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I came to my conclusion about that. Then, you know, I'm like, oh, next thing I know, like, for instance, when all, um, when the, uh, like the Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, all this, all this stuff was happening. Dude, I actually hated white people. I legit did not oh, dang. like white people. Because so you, you, would you say you went through the phase? I, I was trained to do that. And I realized that I'm like, this is not me. Like, I've never felt this way. How did that switch occur? Like, boom, like at that, like, you know what? That kind of thing. Right there at that moment, that line. Right there at that moment. It's because I don't watch TV. So I, I have a lot of time to think. And I was just sitting around thinking. I'm like, why do I wake up in the morning, get online, and my body just feels like I'm about to go to war? And why? Yeah. I'm like, why do I feel? Why does it feel like I'm preparing for war? As soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm like, why do I feel this way? Like, I've never, I didn't feel this way before. 
Like, what's going on? What's the difference between self-injection? Right. So I'm actually at that time I started paying more attention to, you know, the media, what was going on, the so Black Lives Matter was really becoming a thing during this time, and I'm seeing people that look like me killed on television. You know, be killed. They're leaving their bodies out and everything on television. So that that gets us out of your head. Like, wait a second, wait a minute. What's up good? Why why are we being treated like? On that on that thread right there, uh, towards the conclusion of this uh, episode, and by the way, I want you to come back, man. Uh, let's let's keep poking at, at sure, uh, especially as everything is exponentially uh, revealing itself. Uh, I, I'd I'd like to welcome your eye through the lens of this poem that came to me at uh, on the fifteenth of October. It was on a Thursday at seven fifty three p.m. And uh, and it was, this is it's this has now gotten a second draft into it. So may I share these words and I, I whatever immediately pops through your tongue, bro. Just I want to see what comes through. What comes through? Is that okay? okay? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. What are what are we recycling anyway? What are those repetitive? yet always seems so new and fresh. The sips we take, the food we make, the overwhelm of headlines that make our fist and head shake. Physically, our bodies are what is absorbed from consumptions we have allowed inside perceptively, whether it is good or not. Mentally, our minds are what is absorbed from the headline consumption, deep dives, investigations we have allowed inside perceptively whether it is true or partially true or a convenient truth, a redirective truth, a dilemma pulling from the pains of the past So wear your mask, information so beautifully and effectively crafted. How can any I be immune from deceptions and lies? And so that we can move on past this. What comes to mind, brother? Uh, first thing that comes to mind, turn the TV off, turn the cell phone off, go out, get in the sun, clear your mind, see what the universe has to say to you. See what the universe has to say to you that day. Clear your mind, breathe, enjoy the fresh air, look at the trees, live. Live. All of the stuff we're doing now, these things right here. Living. This is not living. But it's, it just stop. It's so real, bro. Stop. We just stop. Just just do it once a month. If we take once a month and just purely just fast from it. Fast from fast, fast from the portal. Fast from the portal. Let's call it that. Of course, you know, if you, if your family, of course, you know, if, you know, 
Oh, I think you broke out a little emergency or something was on. Okay, gotcha. Other than that, oh yeah, but yeah, but other than that though, this fast from fast from this fake one. It's like perhaps we can even uh, formulate it so that we we turn off all the push notifications. Which, by the way, immediately I recognized that uh, you know when when us phones started to get progressively more advanced. And there's and Instant by the way, does your phone vibrate when you grab it? Like, does it just vibrate? Like as soon as sometimes, you grab it, sometimes, sometimes, yes. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful because there's a there's an there's like a there's like oh someone's someone's reaching out. Ah, ah, ah. Whoa! Hey. What it's you know? Scary, to, I, I even I even get a little crazy. I'm like, I pick up my phone, and I feel the vibration, I throw it back, and I'm like, no, I'm picking it up because I want to, not because you're you know nudging me to want to. No, and I want know, to man, look for it. Um, it's funny enough. I spend like 14 hours a day on myself, and since COVID hit, uh, I'm staying with my parents right now. So I can go home down. So since COVID, I'm in, I'm in reconnection, now. man. Reconnection. So now I don't even like I don't even pick my cell phone up every day until around one p.m. I don't touch no technology. One p.m. I don't do it. So in my lesson studio, my student parents they know it. Everybody knows for one p.m. I don't want to start my day off looking at my cell phone. I've gotten to the point when I set an alarm, I use an alarm clock. I don't use it. Alarm clock. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I have an alarm clock set. I have it set to the local news station in town. So, so you yeah. really feel the 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 paradigm before the the mega matrix of social right. media and the gravitational black hole. Uh, suction in uh, of wonder of you know of war of you know uh, you know I can't believe there's this person in office that kind of thing or 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 those those dang libs you know those dang libs and we need to destroy we need to smash I'm like whoa how everyone needs to chill everybody needs to chill I think this is the greatest of opportunities to to uh Awake from our patterns that are self-fulfilling, self-generating, self-curating, and you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, shout out to a, starting to see a lot of people really change, really for the better, really realize that all of this stuff is just temporary. And perhaps it was an inevitable change because at the end of the day, you know, this, you know, the 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 software, the miracle of communication, the the miracle of such organized lighting you know what i mean we call it oh it's just a screen man the lighting that that is that uh, projects through it you know we didn't make this i didn't make it as much as my brother is like all into technology and i've always you know i always i've always felt like like uh, i'm like i'm trying to learn from him I, i'm have, i'm kind of familiar with technology but totally farmer totally totally not because it's just that's just my brother kind of thing that's just the feeling that i have uh yeah, ultimately that even that feeling is not of our own like we didn't make th- these programs and it's and a, uh that's why i say everyone needs to these feelings these aren't our feelings they're not ours we that though we do not own those feelings owning a feeling means when you smell that fresh air and your body feels calm and relaxed 
to happen. That's your feeling on that. You, ooh, you made me think of a good question, I think. Uh, you know, I, I, I often hear of those who, uh, both, in a, uh, both sides of the spectrum of those who are, let's just say, uh, I recognize there's everything wrong with Biden, but, you know, we do need to calm down with, with the, with, uh, we need, we need politics to be quiet. We just can't wait to, for it to just quiet down. And, you know, that's why I'm voting for Biden. And, uh, as much as I agree with why there's all this fair justification, why not to, I just want it to be quiet. And, and the thought that comes to mind for me, honestly, is this, how much is it likely that there's all the, there are all those fair justifications to not support the president Trump. Right. So it's like, Oh, that's fair because, and, and all of a sudden because of the portal, you know, this is a, a bottleneck and, you know, I don't, I don't, is it likely that things can be placed and rubbed in, in all over my face and the, I, the face of many to the point of dislike of an individual from the things that are fairly justifiably. So how could anyone support? Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the rubbing of face and, and the imagine of that kind of standard of criticism and concern were to apply, be applied on the opposition of, of Mr. Orange, the kind of, and if it was, let's just say, let's just say in a, in a an ideal world that, that, uh, those fair, uh, those criticisms, those concerns, if they were equally distributed across this bottleneck of, and rubbed into our face, uh, I'm very curious how the a perception, the 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 percept the battle of perception that's playing out, uh, how that would take shape into discourse. What comes to mind? I'm all over the place there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that people need to demand Didn't need to demand pardon. I think people people need to demand more. Of their politicians? Yeah. People need to demand way more of their politicians. There was once upon a time where people demanded I don't know why the, 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 that, there's a word there that uh, I feel like the digital mic, the microphone is uh, blurring. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah what, like it's too much truth. Demand more. There, there was a once upon a time where you had to earn your vote as a politician, you had to earn the people's vote, and we've gone to such. I'm gonna be the proper term for it. Such narcissism and entitlement from individuals that the politicians they don't have to earn the vote. You got the people fighting. Joe Biden and Trump ain't had to do nothing to earn nobody's vote. But look how divided they got. You know, the, the division of the country is a bipartisan. You know, people try to blame it on one, one party. It's bipartisan. You know, left wing, white right wing, it's the same at the end of the day. You know, at the end of the day, it's all, you know, it's the same. And it's, I think it's, um, and from just been because it is the same, I think people demand more of their politicians. Like, of their politicians. They demand more about Loans. We need to be more demanding about um, bringing back our 
manufacturing and stuff be more demanding about creating the entry-level job again for people that graduate college. When you graduate college, there is no entry-level job anymore. It's gone. You got all this debt and you can't find a job. There, you shouldn't go to college and then wind up working at a factory for like 13 to 15 dollars because you can't find a job. Not your fault. They just like I tell people, every gener they get every generation with something. It's politicians. And they got us with student loans. They got our generation. Millennial generation. Dude, look up the, the student loan debt and just the millennial generation. You will be well, I believe it because I used to work in financial aid at Texas State and just the, the kind of documents that get one gets to that is that one has to has to sort to and through and therefore gets to sort see the kinds of tens and especially hundreds of thousands of buckaroos being uh, indebted to these, you know, I'm now looking at it at the time, like as, as a, as from my shoes today and like all these kids, all these kids, you know, are, are, you know, with respects to, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adult. Of course you are, but at the same time, there's spectrums within adults and, and certainly within the entry of the twenties, it's, it, it's yeah certainly a a degree of kid in, uh, especially entering university and seeing and perhaps this is not those people who don't have this kind of debt but there certainly are those people who are tied up so deep in such debt so uh, I would not be surprised in, with further investigation of how you know and another thing is that what it looks we, like today we don't have representation in politics, there needs to be term limits on this stuff. We don't have this, what we have learned, like the policies and stuff are not reflective of our generation. Like we are the generation that's gonna be taking care of America. You know, and how can we take care of America if we're crippled and dead? We can't. We can't keep the economy driving. So what's gonna happen? More jobs are gonna get outsourced to other countries. Watch, Ricky. Give it by the time we're 40. Watch. Watch how jacked up things are going to be by the time we're 40. Just watch. Because that's when you're supposed to be contributing to the economy. Like age 34, 35, 36, something like that. And up. Like, we're supposed to be like really helping you know, mortgages, you know, car loans, personal loans, you know, uh, Buying a bunch of stuff for the house, buying a bunch of stuff for the kids, putting the kids, getting ready to put some kids through college, building up stock markets, putting money into that. But if we don't have it, how, if we live in a consumer economy, how is that going to survive when we ain't got it? You know, everything keeps going up, 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 but the wages aren't changing. And so, like, unlike the generation before us, I say, yeah, unlike those generations, like, our student loans are, like, super duper compared to, you know, our previous generations. We got 100 plus thousand. It is so easy to go to get $100,000 of student loan. It is too You do four years. And, oh, yeah, be the first person in your family to go to college. Yeah, generational, all this stuff. Yeah, uh, when you finish, you're going to owe us $110,000, by the way. So if you graduate with that and you're expected to go out here and buy a house, buy a car, like if when you graduate there, you know, 
credit score is going to go just drop. So if you want and everything you're going to get now is at high interest, all these high interest loans, high interest home loan, higher. Actually, one of a lot of us can't even qualify for home loans. Got to go to an apartment. You know, high interest uh, uh, auto loans, uh, high everything, high interest, high interest, high interest. That's why I say the only race in America is green. It's green. So we're going to be spending money, but it's not going to be in the economy. We need the economy. I call this like the backdoor economy. Where they're making the, the what? I call this like the backdoor economy. That's where the big ups, the big, big, they're making money off of like student loans, mortgages, mm-hmm. auto loans. Like, think about how much it costs for a freaking car. You know, a car that used to be six K when we were coming up is now like twenty five thousand dollars, twenty three thousand dollars. You know, a little four cylinder car shouldn't cost eighteen, nineteen thousand. It's uh, certainly a a newfound world. Not yeah, only with not not only in the midst of a technological technological newfound real real estate reality, yeah. uh, it's 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 in terms of the inflation you know, of, of life in the sixties, seventies, eighties, uh, certainly there, there's a, that, that seems to have been priming, uh, quite massively into today. And, you know, what does it all mean anyway? Right. What does it all mean anyway, especially for our kids, you know, say there's anyone watching this, uh, our conversation and are are in their teens or in their early twenties, you know, I'm, I'm very curious, you know, what it is, what it's like, what it is that it's like for them to look through the lens of such topics and conversations and wonders that we're having uh, into their uh, forecasting of their journey. So, yeah, man, uh, you know, if I'll ask this, let me ask this question before I ask you this, la- this last question, brother, I, where can people find you? Where can people see your expressions of thought? Uh, what, what's your Instagram plug and uh, what other so, platforms? Yeah, man. So um, right now I got, you know, Facebook. You find me on there, Alonzo Ellison. Um, also and by Instagram. the way, I, I totally butchered last time. I said Elisondo, man. Elison, brother. <laughs> Elison, Elisondo. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I am not Carlos Elisondo. <laughs> that's not me <laughs> great player by the way <laughs> but yes um, uh, uh, yeah so on Facebook I have a Facebook music page also just my name plus music don't really have too much on it but probably around January that page is really going to start popping okay. up there I also have a trumpet page because a uh, trumpet player HQ um, okay. that's also going to start popping probably around December get a lot of educational things lined up for that page Beautiful, um, beautiful. And then uh have a SoundCloud page as well. I'll oh, also listen on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm waiting on a new microphone. I do have a microphone that I would have used. Hey, hey. Well, but, um, I guess we need round two. Yeah, it's not it's not working very well. So I've okay. got to order a new microphone. And so as soon as I get that, um, I will be making music and posting it there. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all we can Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Yeah. Black American Trumpeter. There it is. So that's me on Instagram as well. Beautiful. Well, yeah, so the question that I want to ask is um, th- through your eyes, what would you offer 
helps you remain. And I know you covered a lot of this. Uh, you're welcome to reframe it another way or share an additional bit of information. What helps you remain, remain a sort of center and even when, or even what allows you to capture or recognize within yourself, you know what, I'm being a little bit on the overly biased side of things on like, why am I supporting this guy so much? Or why am I so against this idea? What, first off, um, and how do you pull back from that? How, uh, or perhaps what, how do you re how do you turn that into, well, I don't want to just live in the bias side. I'd rather reinforce it with you know, deep justifications. Here's my data. Here's my primary source. Here's my, but all the extent of beef, you know, what comes to mind? Um, I mean, <laughs> I would have to say, um, you have to just be open to information. You have to look at information biased have to you have to yeah you have to look at information um like i tell people i think life in general is different we have the same we all got the same life in general is sorry breaking up oh yeah i uh i take life in general with a grain of salt with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. yeah uh so i realized at the end of the day you know it's not like politicians and all that kind of stuff really it's going to be what it is, you know, or we, like I say, we, if we had a voice, like we wouldn't have the electoral college. So it's a matter of like stopping, turning the TV off and just looking at reality. Reality is not what's on television. It's what you see day to day, the life you're living every day. And if, if people would just realize and remember how to live, then I don't think we'll be if people just start living they'd actually see that we're actually Pretty freaking harmonious here in the United States. Right? We're pretty what? We're pretty harmonious as harmonious, people yeah. in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if it were so, then all these interracial relationships happen. Well, you one know, thing's inter- for sure, you know, it's just south of our border. There's certainly a lot more activities, the likes of which, if it, if it did occur in this country, just uh, another side of the of a river, certainly not dictated by the river, but the kind of abstract boundaries, the abstract uh, order that is very clear within peoples. Uh, it's, uh, I can only imagine how, how much of a, what, what kind of world that would be like if the likes of what is happening there was happening here. You know, I just think, are you talking about like down south of the border rivers? Yeah, like like for example, with uh, with with our with respects to our neighbors, our you know our you know Mexico. Uh, I love Mexico. I've been there. I love the I've loved the playing mu- music there. Shout out to Monterrey, and uh, it's it's. I remember crossing the border as uh, on you know with my bare feet, you know, uh, <laughs> as a child and. You know, into my teens, you know, even getting my braces done there as a kid, because it was, inc- you know, it was just not only was it incredibly the, the the pricing was so much less than the United States, but just just walking around getting lost and it, it's it's just so mysterious how how much of a distant blur 
that has become culturally. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's, it goes back to that instant gratification from an early age. You know, you see these kids getting iPads. They're like two years old and have an iPad. Like, how are they going to learn how to, you know, tear a toy apart and try to put it back together or learn that the stove is hot? If you touch this fire, it's going to burn you. There's no chance for them to learn. So all Even learning, socially. Right. So all of their learning, all of their learning, all of it is predetermined and it's guided. It's predetermined with like how they give us the standardized testing, like we had like toss and tax and stuff coming to the picture. I feel like they have that as kids. Well, it if I may be a little playful here, uh, what's different between that and the the guidance of the word? The guidance, so I mean like for instance, like this political stuff. People, Perhaps the difference between process, like the way there's processed meat, uh, there's yeah. different dimensions of good quality right. processed so meat and, and like, not so healthy. You got like the little kids learning how to be hateful. Oh, I want to hear that. It blurred off a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I was saying, for instance, you have little kids now, all colors, learning how to be hateful from hateful. this being in front of them versus their like physical people around them. So their mm. level of this level is like more, I'd say it's more dangerous because it's more carefree because they don't have the reality of like, oh, well, if I punch this person, hit them really hard, like they might cry. Like they don't have that reality. You it's full-fledged, boom. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, so I think, are, are you saying we should all uh, take a jujitsu class as kids? There should be jujitsu class. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's. I think there should be. Uh, kids should not be in possession of technology until the age, like outside of school, outside mm -hmm. of school, like be able to physically have, you know, an iPad. For instance, kids they go to school on a computer now. Twenty one, bro. It's like if, if it's like if. Uh, If you can't drink, then you can't use your phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I think that, um, a, a, like I say, a lot of it just has to do with simply not having to interact with humans. Like, not having to find the pile of bikes. Not having to be at home before the light turned, before the lights mm. turn on. You know, yeah. it's just, there's no order. There's no, yeah, there's no, like, order. You know, there's, there's a blur no of time. It's a blur of time. It's a blur of behavior. Uh, there's, I feel like there is no social reaction, social interaction. Really, it's all in this virtual world. Now, I'm going to call this episode a blur of time. A blur of time, man. Yeah, it's all a, a blur. <laughs> and, you know, know and the game is how, how can we sharpen the always inevitable blur? Ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is. Alonso Ellison, not Doe, not Doe. Be sure to <laughs> follow his thoughts. And once again, for my good friend, shall all good continue to flow. <laughs> Likewise, man. Woo!